The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth annual Box to Row Countdown to Kickoff. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. The 2022 State Fair Classic. Grambling State versus Prairie View A&M. Saturday, October 1st at the Cotton Bowl. One ticket gets you into the fair and the big game. Also, Grammy Award winning Ashanti Live. Then the Classic kicks off at a new time, 6 p.m. New coaches, old rivalry, and an iconic halftime battle of events. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Visit StateFairClassicFootball.com. Sponsored in part by City of Dallas. Dallas Sports Commission. McDonald's. Black and Positively Golden. Chevy. Cricket Wireless. Methodist Hospital. Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up. You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, August the 9th. I'm Donald Ware and hope you enjoyed the conversation we had with Willie Simmons, the head football coach at Florida A&M on yesterday. We're going to take things now to Fayetteville, North Carolina. Say hello to Richard Hayes in his seventh season as the head football coach at Fayetteville State. Six seasons, 32 and 19. That's a winning percentage of 63%, 26 and 7 in CIAA play. That's 79%. The Broncos were 8 and 2 on last year as Coach Hayes joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. What's going on, Coach Hayes? Hey, man, how you doing? I appreciate you for having me today. Absolutely. Appreciate you. You know, 8-2 and two last year. Um, it's a good record. It's, uh, it's a tough conference. Uh, you know, you lose to Bowie State in the championship game where it's one of those things with the championship games of a conference. It, it, can, it, can, it can help you, but it, it mm. doesn't, like, hurt you. Uh, mm-hmm. Seemed like the Broncos should have been a Division II playoff team last year. Well, it seemed that way with an eight and two record, but you know we did play. We missed a week. We had an opening date last week, um, so we didn't have the championship game. Is normally our eleventh game, but it just so happened that it was our tenth game. Um, I'm not saying that helped us or hurt us, uh, but we look we look this year. We look forward to trying to make that playoff run. Take take me through last season. Your thoughts. You know, an eight and two season, a really good season, record-wise, your best uh, at Flo- at uh, Fayetteville State. Yeah, we we had a, a very talented group of seniors last year. Those guys had a four-year, four and a half-year run, including COVID, uh, where they took our program, helped elevate our program to another level. Um, losing twenty-two seniors, guys that came in together and took all the tough, hard knocks early in their career. Um, came together and ended up playing in four straight uh, CIAA championship games. Those those guys really meant a lot to this program. Uh, but we're not trying to look at it as we got to rebuild for 22. Uh, we're just trying to reload some of the talent. And some of the talent that we have this year uh, was on the team last year and had some actual game reps in the past. So it's not totally new to them. Uh, but 
I have to give all the props to that 17 class. Those guys came in in Fayetteville State and helped us change the mindset of the people around us, helped us bring a winning culture to this football program, and we're forever indebted to those guys. And you have some guys coming back. I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Joshua Williams, the first HBCU player taken in this year's National Football League draft, doing some really good things with the mm-hmm. Chiefs right now. Um, talk about him and, and, you know, what not only what he meant to the program on the field, but what he's continuing to mean to the program as a guy uh, that is getting rave reviews right now in the National Football League and how it may help recruiting and people talking about Fayetteville State. Well, first first thing I think about when I think about Josh Weasley is that he's homegrown. He's from Fayetteville. He made the choice to come to Fayetteville State and further his career. Um, he did an outstanding job for us while he was here. And it just goes to show that, you know, it don't matter where you go to school. Um, if you can play, they'll come find you. Uh, and, and as for Josh right now, the interviews and all the highlight reels that he's making right now, that's stuff we've been seeing for the last four seasons. Um you know, he could have came back here for a senior year, uh, but I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he's out there making a name for himself. And he's, he's, he's made some plays against some high-name high, high guys uh, in the league so far. And uh, just the way he's handling himself and answering all the questions that everybody's asking him, he's handling everything really well. And we're, we're really proud of him. A guy you do have, in, have coming back in that secondary, Brandon Barnes-Brown, you know, speak to what, He's a, he's, a, he's a preseason HBCU All-American. Speak to what, you know, the type of player he is and what he's going to bring to the table. Uh, Brandon's a dog, man. Brandon is, is to me, um, he reads three-step very well, quick passing game. He's going to get his hands on most of those hitch routes. Um, you test him deep, you know, he knows how to play the ball really well. He has excellent ball skills, some of the best ball skills on our football team, uh, Brandon Brown, Barnes-Brown has. And, and a lot of people uh, – Really didn't know about Brandon a lot because he had some injuries early in his career. Uh, but Josh Williams forced people to throw to Brandon a lot more, and now they know who Brandon is. Brandon Brandon uh, has all the tools of a, of a corner. He just don't have Josh Williams' size. So is he – I mean, you know, I don't want to compare the two players, but, I mean, what, what do you think his prospects are uh, if he has a, a good season uh, in terms of possibly playing on that next level? I think he has an outstanding shot. They've already come and done their uh, spring measurements on him and another guy that's on the team. Um, So he's already on the radar. They're looking at him, and I just hope that he has an outstanding season to match that. Richard Hayes in his seventh season as the head football coach at Fayetteville State joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You know, uh, Keyshawn James, is he's graduated, right, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Boy, what a a player he was for you, just wreaked havoc. Um, you know, you've got some guys that you 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 that that aren't going to be with you um, this year. But but speak to the defense as I've seen you over this five years on the field. Um, the offense has been there, but I know you've looked to improve the defense, and it looked like it took a turn uh, last year. But what is that defense going to look like this year? Uh, much of the same. We finished uh, pretty high in quite a few categories last year in, in the nation. Number one uh, in passing yards allowed, we, we finished number one there. We were number two or three in total defense, number two or three against the run last year. So um, losing Keyshawn and a couple of other guys, Delarosa, that's going to definitely hurt us. Uh, but we feel like we've recruited. We've uh, I'm not going to say we've replaced those guys, but we have some guys we think can come in and contribute right away. Who are some of the, who are some of the guys we need to – I mean, we, we mentioned – 
you know, Brandon, who are some of the other guys defensively that you expect to shine? Uh, well, Kenny Merritt is another veteran that's been in our secondary three or four years. Um, Gerald Simpson, he was a second-team all-conference last year at linebacker. He's back uh, for his junior season. He's about to graduate, but he's back for his junior season. Um, Devin Cowan up front. Karan Blunt, he's an anchor of our interior defensive front. Um, and then uh, Tyron Belcher coming out. He's going to have a come out coming out party this year at corner, I believe. He's the guy replacing Josh Williams right now. You know, I look at the offense. I look at Kari Lane. I mean, I you know, I, I, he seemed to have a solid season. But when I dug into the numbers, he was 21 touchdowns to five interceptions last year. I mean, that's, a, that's an excellent ratio. I think it may have been the best in the CIAA in terms of interception or touchdown to interception ratio. You know, speak to him and – I'm sure you have more expectations for him in 2022. Kahari is, is the ultimate warrior, man. He's a student of the game. He's a leader. Um, he, Like I said, he always rounds the guys up, makes sure everybody's in place, everybody understands what they're doing on the offensive end. Um, and, and just so much that he brings to the table, he's always in the coach's office, always trying to find all the little nuances of the offense um, just so he can be prepared when he steps out there on game day. And he's done a good job for us so far. Who's who are your running backs? Who are you who are you expecting big things from this year? Well, we're expecting Saheem McQueen, um, Makai Fenner, um, Eli Henry, those guys that have been here for the past couple of years. We're expecting those guys, you know, Darnell, Donshell, and Johnny Glass, but those guys are gone now. Um, so it's next man up at running back. Uh, we're gonna keep a plethora of running backs, uh, and we'll find the right ones to, to make the offense go. Speak to some of the guys that uh, Lane is going to be able to throw the football to this year and what they bring to the table. Uh, well, Tashiro Spivey is a returning starter at wide receiver. Uh, Brian Morgan, we signed about eight or nine young high school receivers. We we really wanted to upgrade our receiver position. Uh, we have uh, a transfer in Nike Martin coming from North Carolina Central. We feel like he's going to come in and contribute right away. Uh, Barry Elliott is a young man that transferred to us from Concord University, he graduated and has a year to play. Uh, so we took him. Um, and another young man by the name of Trey Good, Travion Good, uh, from out of High Point, uh, he's he's a guy that transferred in from UNC Charlotte. And we feel like those three guys are going to come in and, and, and help our receiving core grow. Of course, that, the voice of Richard Hayes, the and you can see him there if you're watching. He's the head football coach at Fayetteville State. He joins us here on the program. I, I want to switch to you for a moment you we go back to to our days at A&T when I was in <laughs> athletic administration you were an yep. assistant coach there under your uh, under your uncle uh, the legendary Bill Hayes uh, who you of course you played at A&T um mm -hmm. at that time you know what's you know what's crazy man that Brad Holmes is the yeah. general manager of yeah. of the Detroit Lions and you I you and it was there's a picture of there's a picture of 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 uh like the defensive front, I think it was like Holmes and uh, BJ and all these guys coming yeah. up. It was like four guys. What do you remember most about those days coaching uh, there at A&T? That was, that was actually in 1999 when A&T won the HBCU yeah. National Championship. I just remember, you know, I was still, I was in my second year of college coaching in 99, and uh, we had high expectations at A&T as we always did. And, you know, it got to the point where that team knew that nobody could beat them. We lost that game early to Elon, I believe it was. Um, and then from that point on, that team bonded and came together. And we went on the, you know, we won the MEAC championship. I believe we beat Florida a and 
And then I know we went to play Tennessee State in the playoffs. I believe they were number one in the country at the time. We went down to Nashville and beat those guys. And then we ended up in Youngstown, Ohio, at (laughs) Youngstown State. And the snow was six feet high on both sides of the field, if you remember. (laughs) And those boys whooped our butt really good. You know, that was a tough one there. But, you know, it gave us the experience. And and I I just think Coach did an outstanding job of of preparing that team and getting the coaches to come together. We had a a new offensive coordinator, I believe a new defensive coordinator. Those guys came in. And and he had kind of revamped the staff at the time. And so we came in with high expectations and we lived up to them. It's interesting. Again, seven years in, right, at Fayetteville State. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you had been an assistant coach for a while. Did you Did you yeah. think you were going – I mean, you deserved the opportunity, you know, a while back. I mean, did you ever – did you think that opportunity was going to come as a head coach? Uh, I really didn't at first uh, because I had, you know, in the coaching profession, if you take a – if you take – if there's a gap in your resume, sometimes you get lost in the shuffle. And when I got out of coaching in in 05 um, and got back in in 10, there was a little gap there. Uh, And Coach Manny gave me an opportunity. He knew what I was about and my integrity and all that. And so he gave me an opportunity to come back and get into the college game. And I believe I just flourished from there. I'll give Coach Manor, Coach Bullwell, John Edder. I give all those guys, you know, all the credit because those guys brought me back and, and, and got me back on my feet in this coaching profession. Last thought, Coach Hayes, and we appreciate the time. As I look at your schedule, five of your first six games are at home. How mm-hmm. important is it to get off on that right foot and being able to win some of those home games as you hit that midway point of the season? Well, it's very important to us. Uh, we understand where we are and what we're trying to do here at Fayetteville State. Uh, last year, we went 5-0 and at home, uh, so we defended our home turf well. This year we have a very, very tough home schedule with UNC Pembroke coming first and then Wingate and those are two programs we have not been very successful against in the past. So if we can come out of the gates first starting with Pembroke, put on a good showing, and then come out and put on a good showing against Wingate, we're going to feel really good about where we are for the 22 season. Richard Hayes, again, in his seventh season as the head football coach at Fayetteville State, joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. The Broncos open the season up Saturday, September 3rd at home against UNC Pembroke. That's a good rivalry. The two schools separated by, by, I don't know, 30 miles or so. Something like that should be a good one. Coach Hayes, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Broncos. Appreciate you for for inviting me and go Broncos.